The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode of The No with Nikki Spo is brought to you by PillowCube. Pillow Cube is the best pillow for side sleepers and has become a necessity for me in achieving my most comfortable, restful sleep. Sleep is super important in my home, and I'm grateful to have a product like Pillow Cube to keep my head and neck in alignment all night long. Stay tuned for more info on Pillow Cube and check out why you should use my code NikkiSpo10 to purchase yours today. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What is up, Truth Speakers? Welcome to another episode of the No with me, Nikki Spo. I have a surprise for you all today. Today, I am hosting my first ever male guest. Today, you are going to hear from Case Kenny. If you don't follow him on IG, you need to start. His handle is at case.kenny. He has over 380,000 followers on Instagram, and that is not a mistake, my friends. His content is so good, so inspiring, and so thought-provoking. His main deal is making single your superpower, and I love that. Case has made a name for himself as a prominent podcaster, and mindfulness thought leader. With the success of his podcast and writing, Case has taken everything he learned, pushing himself to be more driven, compassionate, and happy to create a different kind of journal. The Relationship Workbook is a reflection of the need to find your soul before you can find your soulmate. I am so excited to have Case on the show today, so let's get started. Case, wow, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show. Welcome to The Know with me, Nikki Spo. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. It really is an honor to be here, to be a, a male voice. Uh, so thank you. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. You know, can I tell you what I love most about this connection? Please. <laughs> <laughs> How how easy it was. So I did an episode with Susie Moore, who is the author of Let It Be Easy, which was centered around 
believing that life and success can be easy for us instead of like everything, this mindset that like everything is so hard, right? Like life is hard. You hear this like drilled into your mind since your child, like life is hard, life is hard, life is hard. But what about the idea that like life gets to be good for me and life gets to be easy for me? Um, and since then, I swear I've like adopted this mindset in almost every single thing that I do. And I've come to feel so in touch with myself that when things get like too muddy or complicated, I just sort of know that it's, it's not for me. And that's not to say that I don't work to get to where I want. I most certainly do. But now I believe like in my core that amazing things can, should, and will, and do happen for me. So like, I found you, right? Case, I, I started listening to your show and it it really hit me. So I thought to myself, screw it. I'm just going to reach out to him. And I was like, I don't know. But I just got the vibe that we were meant to do this together. Just got that vibe. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> I am <laughs> I am on board that. I am team that. I mean, there's 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 power, of course, in, in always asking for what you want. I am the king of that. I will ask all day uh, graciously, I hope <laughs> for, for what I want, but, uh, I love that. It's a, uh, you know, got that, that connection. It was meant to be from day one. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Your podcast is called new mindset. Who dis? And your episodes are like, wham, bam, short and sweet. And exactly what we need to hear to start our days. Like part of my brand is like, I have women in the car for the most part. My demographic is, is mostly women. I have them like in the car for like 15 minutes. Right. And I got to make shit happen. Like got to give them the the good stuff within a short period of time. My, my episodes are typically like 30 minutes, but yours are, are often shorter than that. Um, and a huge part of like your brand is uncoupled life, right? Like making single your superpower and your content is crazy good, like crazy inspiring, but also realistic, not like toxic positivity type stuff, but like rooted in real life centered in giving yourself permission to feel the feels and tremendously encouraging and applicable to like everyday life. So I know that you're a writer, a leader in mindfulness and meditation, and obviously a podcaster with, I think like I just learned like over 20 million downloads at this point, which is just like mind blowing for me. How did you arrive in this space? Did something like happen? Was there like some kind of cosmic shift in your life or like, have you always just been this way? Yeah. Well, well, thank you. That is, that is very nice of you. Yeah. I mean, for me, like to your point, like I, I used to, so I'm 33 now in my twenties, I would say I was, I was kind of cynical of self-help. Like I would literally clown on it. I'd be like, Oh my, Oh yeah. Be your best self. Love yourself. You deserve it. Like I would kind of clown on it to be honest. I like, I owe that to being immature and kind of closed off and not vulnerable with these kinds of things. But I was like, Oh, you know, yeah, these, these people are so enlightened. Like they went on a silent retreat, like good for them, like that kind of stuff. Um, you know, not hateful, but just like I was just like kind of sarcastic and cynical about it in my 20s. Um, and um, to answer your your question, you know, I've, I've really taken that with me. Like self-help is such an interesting space because you've got all kinds of spectrums of people. you got people who, you know, I think everyone is it's great. I would never, you know, diminish someone's effort in the space. But, you know, what is the value of just, you know, positivity? What is the value of just cliché? For me, it's like, I still think it's all valuable, but everything comes down to why. If you can answer the question of why you deserve butterflies and rainbows, why you're you're worth it, that I love it so much. So my whole thing with the podcast is I always try to be able to answer the question of why. And um, as far as like how and why I started it, um, I started in 2018 right off the heels of a breakup. Um, it wasn't anything crazy, but it was like a three-year-long relationship. We lived together, very committed, and then... Um, you know, so I was, uh, like 20, 27, 28, um, that, that relationship ended 
and uh, cl- closer to 29, actually. And I was like, out of the relationship, I was like, who's Case? Who's Case outside of a relationship? At the time, I was also working a sales job. I was like, who's Case outside of a job? I was like, I don't really know. So I, I had always been writing, but nothing about self-help. I was like, I want to challenge myself. I'll start the podcast. And on the podcast, to my point, what I do is like, I'm like, yes, Case is a man with principle and this and goals and that, but why? Why am I doing the things I'm doing? So like, I'm just obsessed with this word, like to the point of probably annoying people. But that's my whole thing. That's mindfulness. That's self-awareness. That's happiness. That's fulfillment. Being able to answer the question of why, I think it's really difficult to look back and genuinely regret things in life. So stemming from that relationship, stemming from um, and now obviously having left that job, being able to answer the question of why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why is it my goal? Is it someone else's goal? Are these my standards? Are they not my standards? Just always being able to answer that, I think, has been so rewarding for me. And, you know, thankfully, gratefully, it's uh, rewarding for other people and helpful. I, you said something about like regret that I want to touch on uh, because, like, there's this whole thing of like, no regrets, right? Like, live your life and no regrets. And I'm like, it's okay to feel regret, right? Like, it's okay to feel like, okay, I regret having done that. Like, how can I learn from that? How can I grow? Like, why, like to your point, why did I do those things? You know, like there's, I'm, I feel liberated when I can honestly say, like, look at myself and be like, oh, I regret having done that. And I want to grow from it in this, in this way. Yeah, I, I am too. So I just released another journal. It's called Closure. Chapter one of that when people open it, I'm getting a lot of DMs. They're like, what? Because chapter one of that is an exercise where I I ask people to sit down and admit that they were wrong, which like seems like a very blame-heavy exercise, but wrong in the sense of wrong choice, wrong perspective, wrong trust, whatever it was. But um, I, I really am big on this idea of, yeah, yeah, it's okay to have regrets. It's okay to have been wrong. But the idea of admitting it means that your next step can be right. Your next step can avoid future regrets. So I think if you're the kind of person that is like blindly no regrets, blindly no choices of a wrong, it's always right in some way, I think you're you're not being totally honest with yourself in a redeeming way. You sit down and be like, hey, I made a wrong choice. I should have seen that red flag with that person. I should have uh, trusted my intuition. Okay, moment of vulnerability. Now you can use that to your point to learn to create a higher standard so that next time you are right. 100%. So I actually just yesterday I listened to your podcast like my ex is crazy. My ex was crazy and um I mean I haven't had an ex in a really long time like and I'm going to get in, <laughs> into that but like I haven't had an ex in a really long time but you said something in the podcast that where it's like it was something to the effect of like um if you are talking to someone and they have com- like repeatedly have crazy exes like there's a pattern here that maybe it's not the ex maybe it's them so yeah there's two things if someone's always saying their ex is crazy yeah, let's let's put things together the evidence might be supporting a pattern that is related to that person but it's more so the idea that like the story you tell yourself and other people and the universe is really matters i'm not overly religious or overly spiritual um or anything like that but when it comes to stories, the narratives that you tell yourself about your ex or life, I fully believe the universe is listening. And if you're sitting down and saying, my ex is crazy, no men are honest, all men are this, all women are that, you're going to get dished that up or you're going to find those people. It takes a strong, vulnerable person to say, hey, listen, like these bad things happen. Yes, my ex was crazy. Okay, maybe genuinely. But moving forward, I'm not going to say that. My story is I deserve this, that and the other. And there is someone out there who is this, that and the other. You know, whether you believe in God, karma, the universe, manifestation, law of attraction, whatever, I still think that's a much more powerful, energetically positive position to be in than to be doing all of 
what we just described. So I, I, I think that kind of thing is big when it comes to just happiness. Aren't you happier too? When you tell a more uplifting story, I don't know. I would choose the thing that makes me happier. Like I'm married, right? I've been with my partner for over 15 years. Um, we've been married for five. Uh, we were serious for the five years before that. And before that we were like on and off for the pre for the first five years. So like I said, I haven't been single like in a while. And I guess I had like single times way back when, but yeah, there was a, like, it was a really long time ago. And recently um, I did an episode on marriage and intimacy, right? And I mean, it got so many listens and I was like, oh my gosh, this is stuff people want to hear about. But I also know that I have so many listeners that benefit from that, but also a huge network of listeners that are single and want to be tapping into this like really positive mindset around their singledom, right? Um, if you will, especially now when people usually associate, um, V-Day with, you know, being coupled up. So how do you encourage your listeners to make single their superpower? And like, what does that even mean? Context. So I'm 33. I'm currently dating someone. She's great, but 29 to 33, purely single in my twenties was always in com like committed relationships, a two year long, a three year long, a two year long, so on and so forth. So my perspective has been long-term committed relationships in my twenties, 29 to 33 was my ridiculously single, um, crazy phase. And now kind of somewhere in between, um, I wrote singles are superpower two years ago, um, in the midst of, of being single and embarking on, on this mindfulness journey. My whole thing with the singles are superpower isn't to like, you know, patronize and be, oh, it's okay. Like that, that's not the vibe. The vibe is very pragmatic. And the, the first thing that I always, like with the effort of highlight of being, removing the stigma around being single, I think it's ridiculous that people associate being single with lack of worth, something's wrong with you, you're falling behind, whatever. I think it's ridiculous. But then again, I do get it. I understand it. It's, it's human for one. You get, you're alone for a while. You get lonely. You start to come up with these things. It's societal. There's pressure. Your parents, <laughs> even though they're, they're not intending to like shame you, they do it. Other people, your friends being the single friend, like I, I very much understand it. My whole thing and the first exercise I always do is like, and, I, and I, I have these weird habits I do. For one, I'm obsessed with why. Two, I'm obsessed with asking older people what their regrets are. And I, I do that all the time, right? It, not to like strangers, <laughs> it'd be weird, but like people that I know decently well, um, older, gen older generations, you know, and I ask them all the time amongst all the answers I've ever heard. I have never heard someone say they regret being single. It's just not a thing like uh, of the regrets. Like I've never heard someone say, I regret ugh, being single when I was 28 because I want to be married, but I was standing in 28. No, their regret is, man, I regret having dated that person when I was 24. We were not a good match. I should not have been in that relationship. I should not have married that person like deeper things. I've never heard someone say they regret being single. And that's not always helpful to people because they're like, well, I'm different. But, you know, you get a big enough sample size, you do realize zoomed out that that is not a regret. Because eventually, if you do believe in yourself and your path, you're going to find your person and then you're going to have the rest of your life together. And that single time, you know, I could go the route of talking about how amazing being single is. And I think that's a great value. You know, it's, it's amazing. I've grown in, between 29 and 33. I became six different people all leveling up each time. Like if I wasn't single, I don't think I would have I would have come here. So I, I could talk about the subject forever. But I think the idea of regret looking back, it's not a thing. And then also, let's let's be real. Being single is freaking awesome. Like you have a you have time to do whatever you want. You could literally choose you. You have it's the most time to be selfish in a good way, in a way like I am obsessed with what I do. I believe this is my purpose in life. And if I was dating someone, 
I objectively would have to give her time and effort and focus as I should. But I've had the ability just to focus on also, I, I would say those those two things are like a good starting point when it comes to being single. And also, of course, you know, the realization that being single has nothing to do with worth. All it means is prior, it has to, has to do with incompatibility. No, but I think that's really hard for um, people in general, like especially during breakups, right? Like, it, it, I think it's really easy for people to like place blame, right? Or like, this is what happened. If this was better, if this was, if he just did this, if she just did that, you know, like, are you allowed to just be incompatible, you know? And is it better to find that out sooner than later? I mean, literally taken out of my mouth and out of my books. My whole thing when I, when I talk um, about uh, breakups, for instance, or I've created journals around breakups, helping people heal from breakups. Chapter two, after chapter one, which is, hey, wrong choice. Chapter two is talking about timing and gratitude. It's like, listen, now that you have the lens of something was not right, there was incompatibility. Whether you accept it or not, there's incompatibility. Would you rather that happen today or six weeks from now? Because the first day of a breakup is day one of healing, is day one of new standards, is day two of moving on. Would you rather start day one today or day one six weeks from now? So grounding yourself in gratitude is very, very difficult, of course, right after a breakup. But like, let's be real. When a breakup happens, again, to the universe idea, it's, to me, it's like, thank you, universe, for moving this person out of my way. Thank you for giving me the sign that we were incompatible. I, I've always been like a strong-willed kind of just... I see things simply and I understand that in the midst of something, when you didn't want the breakup, it's easy to be like, what did I do wrong? And so on and so forth. Being happy in life is sometimes wrestling with these difficult subjects and choosing the one that is more compassionate, no matter if it's difficult. So <laughs> I think that's why I do the podcast to give people these ideas and like, listen, if you can turn to it when you need it, I've done my job. So just keep it in your pocket and like try to remember it. 100%. So very random. Um, do you like go out to eat by yourself? I have in the past COVID not so much, but yeah, that used to be right. my thing. Like, do you do things like you go to the movies by yourself, you eat by yourself, things like that? Uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big, like love my alone time. Just like mm -hmm. just case time, like yeah. just in, in my apartment. But like, I, I mean, I'll, I'll go to like, I spend a lot of time at Soho house, for instance. Like I love just like vibing there all day. I'll sit at the bar, drink, work, work out do all that. Um, yeah, I've, I've done movies together. I mean, I, I moved to China once by myself um, to work at a law firm. Um, like I love doing solo things. Uh, like, that's really interesting. So I like moved, I drove my little, my little mini Cooper from Miami to Oregon, like from one corner of the country to another Ooh, because I wanted to be alone. And like, I generally yeah. love being alone. Like I also love yeah. my alone time. And I have friends that are like, how could you go to dinner? Like to a pop in spot, like, you know, like, a, like, a really sceny place and be like, how could you yeah. sit there and have dinner by yourself? Aren't you, aren't you embarrassed? I'm like, I actually like, give me fewer people. I'm like, I'm good over here, <laughs> you know, but I know a lot of people who are like, you know, and okay. Right. When we're thinking about like society and the pressures that we feel from society, it's like all your friends get married and start to have kids and you're the single friend. And you're like, what, am, who, who do I even go out with? My friends are all coupled up and they all have families. Like there's nobody left. And it's hard. It's like not a fun place to be in. But I think like to your point, like society dictate, dictates a lot, a lot of that. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult to decouple your expectations of yourself versus societies. Like a lot of times we are one and the same, but I, again, back to the idea of why it's like, listen, okay, so you're single and you don't want to be single and you've been single for too long and you're starting to feel it. I do think it's powerful to sit down and ask yourself, why am I feeling these things? I think if you're vulnerable and you ask yourself why enough, you're eventually going to be like, wait a minute, like, here's X, Y, and Z, what I'm getting out of this experience. The other stuff has been placed on me 
from pressure from other people. It doesn't necessarily make you feel any better because it's real. But I do think that there's a lot of power. Same with like I always talk about, um, you know, like checklists and what you want in a partner. It's like we are just so quick as humans to borrow other people's checklists and standards. Like the silly example I always give, the just the the the, the low hanging fruit is like you know one woman who's like if my man doesn't post me as his, you know, woman crush Wednesday, then that doesn't, that means he's ashamed of me or whatever. He's hiding me. Another woman looks at that as like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. But like, like things like that, silly things like that, like where do they come from? Well, they, they come from checklists and Instagram posts and, and podcasts and this and that. And I think it's great to be inspired by other people's standards and visions and perspectives. But at the end of the day, we have to sit down and come up with our own why. And if we don't do that, that's how we get in trouble as far as, pressure and negative assumptions and guilt and doubt. It's not coming from our own place. But I think approaching dating or anything from a, a more self-focused why really does help us navigate. So we're not like blindly doing these things. I call it living in the gray, the gray of, ah, you know, it's because I'm doing this because I don't want that. It's like, oh, right, right, right. I think this is applicable to so many areas and compartments of our lives. Like not just this, but like what your feedback is, is like, applicable to everything. And I always say that like our experiences can be very different, but I think the feelings are all the same, right? Like we go into this world and we all have like the desire uh, to be seen for who we are, right? To be held up high and to be like made better. I think like deep down and it just takes kind of like the unpeeling of the onion, right? To get to that point. And a lot of us are living on a very superficial level on the outside, you know, and it's scary. And a lot of us, like, I think refuse to even start to peel back that onion because we're scared of what's in there. You know, it's really, it is like what we were talking about earlier. It's very vulnerable place to be. And that can be scary for so many people. Yeah, that's a great point. So I just released an episode the other day talking about like, like, how, like, how do you, how do you simplify your life? Like we have, there's so many things you have, you have, you know, emotional issues, parental issues, past baggage, present relationship issues. Like how do you simplify things? I think like I did an episode where I called it closure and clarity. I think if you approach everything from a perspective of in this moment, am I operating from a place of closure and clarity? I think that solves a lot of things. That's that's and I get, I'll define closure because closure seems very uh, open and shut. But that's closure from past issues and clarity in your present, always being able to answer the question of why. And I compare living with closure and clarity to what you just described, which is um, emotional safety nets. Sometimes it's easier to live it with a mentality that um, my ex hurt me. Um, all men are this. I, I need someone. I'm getting older. Anyone is good enough for me. Like I need to be loved. It's easier to live with like negative emotional safety nets than to start over, to move on, to forgive yourselves. That's certain safety nets, emotional safety nets, like the stories we talk about, all men are this, all women are that. That's certain versus moving on forgiving yourself, starting over, which is very uncertain. So humans, sometimes to your point, we don't want to peel back those layers because it's easier and it's like oddly more comforting to focus on those negative truths because they're there and they support the perception we have of the world. But when you decide to say, you know what, I'm willing to embrace the unknown. I'm willing to create closure for myself. And closure, when I talk about closure, is more just acceptance of what happened rather than a thesis statement of why it happened. And clarity in the present of being able to answer the question, is this a yes or is this a no? And here's why. I think that is you embracing uncertainty and moving away from those feelings that are comforting because they support what you've experienced in the past, even though you don't want it anymore. We're very confusing people. 
This conversation is so good, but before we continue, I want to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Pillow Cube. I have slept on my side for as long as I can remember, and I've never really done so comfortably. I usually find myself smashing my pillows, folding them, adding one on top of the other to find a seemingly mythical, quote, perfect formula for comfort, but I have yet to find it. That is why I am so freaking grateful to have found Pillow Cube. I haven't always been into the specifics of why I needed the perfect pillow, but now that I have a pillow cube, I realize how important it is for me to have my head and neck in alignment. It has been so helpful to the point that I have fewer headaches and I don't even think I realized I was having headaches. So pillow cube is the best pillow for side sleepers. Pillow Cube reduces headaches and neck pain by aligning the head, neck, and spine while you sleep. I came to learn that regular pillows don't actually fill the gap between your head and shoulders. So people like me fold their pillows in half and fluff them. And then within like 10 minutes, they flatten out, causing the neck to kink. Pillow Cube is supportive enough to hold your head up and soft enough to be comfortable. I have stopped constantly tossing and turning and can literally stay in the same position all night long. This has been unheard of for me. And the more people I talk to who are using Pillow Cube say the same thing. So this is not a mistake. This pillow is the best investment for your sleep if you are a side sleeper. And the cooling pillow is especially great for those people who sleep hot. I am excited to share my code with you. You can get 10% off of your Pillow Cube order by using my code NikkiSpo10. Head on over to PillowCube.com to get yours today. Well, this is all really powerful. So let's let's talk about all of these energies that you've covered on your show. We'll start with the BDE and the HGS energies and to be <laughs> crystal clear for our listeners and to softly warm some of my more conservative listeners up to this. We are talking about the... Ready? the big energy and the hot girl summer energy. Uh, yeah. So let's go there. What, tell us what those energies are really about, because it's not really about the big D's and the hot bodies. We know that. Uh, definitely not, man. I don't know. It's so funny. I do so many episodes and I, I like, I love coming up with like cultural references to like drive home the point. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't even remember what my thesis statement was in either of those, but just off the bat, I can tell you that I do think that there is a mentality change when, for instance, um, whether it's big energy or hot girl summer energy, whatever it is, it's just the it's the, the mentality of like when you walk in a room, if your mentality is I wonder if they like me versus the mentality of I wonder if I like them. Like 20s me was very I wonder if they like me. I wonder so on and so forth. Now, it's not a, a, a selfish, boastful, overconfident, I wonder if I like them. It's simply moving into that space. Like the mentality difference for Hot Girl Summer, for instance, and the, the advice I always give for dating. <laughs> Did a whole episode on this that seems ridiculous. My thesis was, you should only date people you like. And at a glance, like, well, yeah. But the thing is, when it comes to relationships or anything interhuman, it's like the second that someone shows us attention, follow through, uh, friendliness, compassion, support, we forget that very quickly. Like we really are quick to forget if we like them, particularly like, I mean, you think about dating and you think about love bombing. That's why men tend to do that to women because they want to shower them with affection so that that person feels obligated to return it. We're human. Wow. That's how we're wired. But the approach of, you know, big energy, hot girl summer is, 
hitting pause immediately and always questioning, do I like them? What am I impressed about them? Not in that you're better than them in any sense, nothing like that. It's just, it's a, a, a hitting reset on that so that we're not blinded by these things that unfortunately other people tend to use against us. You said something that it really, really stuck with me. And like, I feel like even though I'm married, like I can still have like hot girl summer energy. Right. And part of that is like being the life of my own party, like coming to a place where I really like myself. And to your point about like going into a room and being wondering if you like them, it's like, I think the precursor to that really is wondering if you like yourself, right? Like how can you go into a room and have judgment on anybody else if you are not refining and fine tuning yourself and coming to a place of acceptance within your own self, you know, like it's not, then you're not really in a position. If you're not doing that, like me, you might not be in a position to go out into the world and be like, well, I got a judgment on you and I got a judgment on you. And you know, when you, if you're not right from within. It's, it's difficult. It's like, how do you, how do you feel comfortable within? How do you love yourself? And I think it's very difficult because, you know, if we're talking about relationship centric here, it's like those things slowly, you know, diminish that sense of worth sometimes. The exercise I always do that I think supports that notion is like, you know, once you, let's say you're 30 and you're like, well, I don't want to be single anymore. I've had enough relationships that didn't work out. I'm, you know, I'm a scholar in lessons learned. Like I'm sick of it. Um, You know, by that point, a lot of the times you're like, I don't really know what I deserve anymore because I thought I deserved X, Y, and Z. And every single time it is not delivered. It's easy to be like, well, I guess I don't, I don't deserve it. And when you feel like you don't deserve something, that's when, you know, you're not fully in place within yourself. And the exercise that I do requires a leap of faith, but it's like, what do you deserve in life? I can blindly say that you deserve what you're willing to do. Like if you're willing to be honest with someone, then I can say without a doubt that you deserve honesty in return. If you're willing to be upfront with someone and intentional with someone, you deserve it in return. So on and so forth. You can go down the line. Um, That's why like I'm, big on this idea of, of reciprocity and action derived worth. I'm kind of at war with a lot of like the, the memes and Instagram. That's like, you know, you deserve the sun, baby. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You do. But why? And if the answer is as simple as, well, I'm willing to do X, Y, and Z, then it's like, absolutely you do. And I think that thought process internally is empowering because you sit down and you're like, listen, here's all the things I bring to the table, but I'm also willing to do X, Y, and Z. And I actually follow through and do it. It's difficult to look yourself in the mirror and then accept less than that. It like that like does not compute. And I, I do think that human element we can kick into and you can get a little ego. You can be like, well, screw this. I'm willing to do this. I want it in return. If I'm willing to do it, then I deserve it. Oh, well, I deserve something. Okay. I feel more centered in myself. I got a little bit more swag to me. Like, here's what I bring to the table. So exercises like that, I think are really helpful, especially if you feel kind of beat up and, you know, just kind of at the end of your, at the end of the line when it comes to dating. We talked a little about of like deserving. I used to come from a place where I, I truly believed that I did not deserve anything. Like I went through like this weird, like spiritual thing where I was like, I don't deserve anything. I just am like, there's no such thing as deserving. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I deserve so much. Like I deserve a, like the, I, I deserve the life of my dreams. Like, and it's taken a lot for me to come to that place. So what do you, what are your thoughts on like the idea of deserving to be chosen? I am hundred percent on it because I think the opposite, you think about what the opposite of being chosen is, is chasing. I've done so many episodes and the idea of chasing people. If you don't feel that you're worthy of being chosen, wholly, truly by someone, then you resort to what a lot of us do, not because we're bad people, but because we're wired this way, which is chasing, which is trying to convince other people, which is trying to win someone over. And obviously, I'm going to say that that's 
not a great place to be. But again, back to our idea of worth. It's like if you are willing to choose someone else, that is you uh, enjoy, like, love them as who they are today, no convincing necessary, no sales pitch necessary, then how can you say you don't deserve the same in return? No sales pitch necessary. <laughs> I love that. I mean, whoever's this, I mean, we need to take that with us today. No, I am who I am. And like, there's no sales pitch necessary. That is very, very powerful case. So powerful. I, I, I live that mentality. But and it's like, it's a gracious no sales pitch necessary. It's not, I walk in the room, I shouldn't have to say anything, do anything. It's no, I know that I act on what I say I will do. I know that I am compassionate, honest, intentional. I know that I am living with closure and clarity. I can answer why at any given time. What is there to pitch beyond that? What is there to convince? What is there to negotiate? If you're living that way, there really isn't. And when that's the case, then yeah, absolutely you deserve to be chosen because you refuse to chase. So can we talk about how starting over is actually a power move? My whole thing on, on starting over. So I have this uh, additional uh, analogy, metaphor, I don't even know what it is, of this idea of points in life. Um, the original idea of points was awkward points. My whole thing is how do you get confidence in life? Well, it's a muscle. You have to earn it. You have to create it. Uh, my thing was you do enough awkward things, you get a point every time you get an awkward thing. You're like at a, a county fair. Eventually, you could cash them in for the big teddy bear, which is confidence. My whole thinking there is confidence is built on experiences, specifically awkward, embarrassing, rejection-driven experiences. And you should be like, every time you're awkward or embarrassed, instead of being ashamed or guilty of it, you'd be like, all right, put a point in my pocket. That is slowly uh, accumulating, and that is becoming my confidence. That's a very zoomed out view of, of how to view confidence. But that's my whole thing with this idea of points. Um, so when it comes to starting over, for some reason, when we think about starting over, we think that we're starting from zero. There's the cliche that you're never starting, you're never starting from zero. You're always starting from experience. And my whole thing is that same with confidence and awkwardness. When you're starting over, you're starting over is less about what you're leaving behind and more about what you're bringing with you. I'm big on that. Like, that's my soundbite. It's less about what you're leaving behind and more about what you're bringing with you. You're bringing all those points with you. The points in this case are lessons learned, higher standards, better boundaries, whatever it is that you took from the experience. To think that starting over literally means you're like, oh, my gosh, well, I guess, you know, I'm starting from, from zero. I'm a child now. I don't think it's giving us enough credit. You're bringing all these things with you. And like, and if you, in a moment of vulnerability, you'd be like, man, I'm bringing a lot with me. Like, holy shit, like, look at what I'm bringing with me. This is amazing. You can get kind of amped up and you're like, this is great. Now I have the opportunity to get it right because I've got this big bag of things that are incredibly empowering. So um, the, the, the soundbite is it's, it's less about what you're leaving behind and more about bringing with what you're bringing with you. And I just think that's a powerful place to operate from as opposed to I'm throwing all this away. I screwed up so bad that I've got to start from scratch. That's not that's not giving you what you deserve. Like you're, you're doing yourself a disservice when that's the case. Well, right. And so it takes a lot of intentionality, right? Like you have to actually be like, okay, like take some time to decompress and assess WTF like even happened, right? Like I think when we start over or we leave something behind and like whether that's a relationship or a job or whatever it is, like sometimes it feels like we got spit out of a tornado, right? And we're like just getting our bearings. We're like, what the hell happened here? Um, but really taking time to assess it and take a look at it, take a look at yourself and really, really pack on the lessons that you learned and what, like, I, I had this quote, like, win or learn, never, lo never lose, right? Like, win or learn, never lose. Like, I'm not losing, right? I'm learning from the process. 
I wrote a chapter in my latest journal about that. It's like, what exactly is failed love? What exactly is lost love? Like, what exactly are you losing? Like, you may, okay, you're losing that person, but clearly to our whole point, incompatibility. So if you're losing the person, what, what else are you losing? Nothing. In fact, you're bringing those things with you. Like if a breakup led to you creating a, a new standard for yourself, if a breakup led you to really realize what you actually need, if a breakup made you realize that you have a different love language than you thought or an attachment style issue that you need to heal through, what exactly are you losing? Uh, to me, it's all about gain. Like the whole idea of a relationship is about loss. It's like, well, okay, if we're talking literally and physically, sure. But I think more esoterically, spiritually, it's always about gain. And like my whole thing, and it requires leap of faith, is that a when you go through a breakup, your worth increases. I don't think it's ever possible that a breakup, your your worth decreases. I'll throw that out there. I just, I just think that is a place to operate from for all the reasons that we've been mentioning because of everything you're bringing with you. So I believe that sharing our gifts with the world is like our spiritual obligation. Like that's what I believe. Like that it is our responsibility to share our wisdom, love, talent, whatever with other people. And that we do so, um, The that when we do so, the universe like rewards us in ways that we could have never imagine that we never thought possible. I know that that's happening for me in my life um, with this podcast. And like when I choose to live a sober life, you know, I, I abstain from alcohol and I help other people who do that. Um, and I think that that comes back to me in so many ways. So what has sharing your gift with the world brought back to you? Oh, everything. I mean, I live the most privileged, grateful life because, because of my choice to do this, because of my choice to go all in on this. Like it's, Everything. I mean, I always say that my podcast is my form of therapy, although I do go to therapy, but I doing this every, every single day for sometimes up to 20 hours a day. It's like, how can I not grow through this? So what a privileged life I live where I help other people and I help myself at the same time and I make a living from it. It's like amazing, amazing, amazing. I'd say it took me a long time to get to this point. And I still here and now suffer from imposter syndrome because who am I? Who am I to give life advice? Like, I'm not trained in this. I don't have a PhD. I don't have any of that. Who, like, I feel that uh, from time to time. I, I think that's normal. But the decision to be like, all right, I am going to be the guy who shares his feelings for a living. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I think this is my talent. I always, I always sit down and I think, you know, I think we're in life, we're, we're very hard on ourselves. Like, to say everyone has a talent, people are like, I don't have a talent. Because we sometimes we assume that talents are these overt things. Like, you're, you're an amazing athlete or you're you're incredible with numbers or musician or whatever. I think everyone's been given a talent. If you ask me what my talent was, it's not on any list of talents. I think my talent is the ability to simplify emotions. And here I am making a living from it. Everyone has talents and abilities and skills that they likely think are not. They just think it's, ah, it's just kind of how I'm wired or whatever. But I think sitting down and encircling that and then being like, how can I bring this to life and how can I help other people through it? I think it could only help you in helping other people. Like if one person is helped by what I do, how is that not the most rewarding thing in the world? Sure, I want two people and three and a million and 10 million and 20 million, but that's the the ego and that's the business person in me. But beyond that, it's like, it's, it's so rewarding. Case, it has been a pleasure to speak with you. Like I, you make me want to level up. Like I love being around people who 
like get it and are just like singing their praises and sharing their gifts with the world. Like you inspire me. I know like we, like this is the first time we met, right? This is the first time we meet like properly, I guess, like in a world of COVID, we're meeting yeah. online, but like you inspire the hell out of me. So I'm grateful for you and I wish you nothing but the best with your podcast and with your journals. I know without a doubt that you are helping so many people and I know that you're going to help my listeners today in some capacity. And there are no mistakes. I always say there, there are no mistakes. Like if people are still listening to our show at this point, like there's a reason. There's a reason why they're here. There's a reason why they needed to hear you drop gems, you know? So thank you so much, Case. I, I appreciate you and I'm just so grateful for you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And this is a great conversation too. Like, I, you know, the ability to riff off each other and like be on the same page and like actually live these things, I, I think is, is an amazing uh, trait of yours as well. So it was great meeting you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Case. Big thank you to our sponsor, PillowCube, for presenting today's episode of The Know with Nikki Spo. Head on over to PillowCube.com and use my code NikkiSpo10 for 10% off of your next PillowCube purchase. If you are a side sleeper, this is the pillow for you. I can't wait for you to try it. Don't forget to use my code NikkiSpo10 for your 10% discount. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. 